Hi guys, John here from Warrior Spirit Martial Arts in North Wales. Um, I've just had the privilege of spending an hour and a bit speaking with Les Bubka of Les Bubka Karate Jutsu in Guildford and Andy Allen of Applied Shotokan over in Nova Scotia in Canada. We uh, covered a lot of topics over the hour including uh, grappling and kata applications, our discovery of the practical karate movement and a whole host of other things. Um, I really enjoyed the chat with the guys uh, and I'm sure you will too. So here we go. So um, guys, welcome to the to the call. Um, I'm here with Les Bubka and Andy Allen. So Les is from uh, Guildford in the UK and Andy is in Canada. How are you both doing? Great. I'm very, very good. Thank you. Good, good. So um, tell us a little bit about yourselves and um, who's, who wants to go first? Let the... Okay. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Les Bubka. Uh, migrated from Poland to UK for temporary to move to New Zealand. Stayed here. Uh, have no chance of moving away now. Got married to the English person. Uh, running a small club. Main focus on mental health. Uh, combining karate with uh, my experience in wrestling and whatever I kind of learn along the way. Cool, that's good. It wasn't as much of a car crash as you th you promised us, uh, Les. <laughs> you promised us a bad intro, but there we go. Um, how about you, Andy? Uh, so I've been trained for 31 years now. Started in uh, Shotokan Karate. Uh, and long story short, I started to have questions about um, practicality of the 3K teaching pedagogy and started to branch out, do some cross-training, did a little bit of judo. Then I realized it's way too old to get slammed on the mats. And uh, so I've been doing jujitsu off and on for the last couple, two and a half years. Yeah. Um, so uh, I have, uh, as you know, YouTube channel, Applied Shotokan. And my original plan for that was to just do bunkai stuff, bunkai stuff. It's branched out into be a lot of different things. Mm. Uh, but I'm very much moved from 3K to PK, from 3K karate to practical karate. Perfect. Yeah, um, I, I do like your, your YouTube channel. What I like about actually both of you is you, you do hit a lot in the sort of um, behind the scenes and the mindset stuff of the, you know, the training as well. It's not just the, you know, it, it's it's all well and good having the bunkai stuff, but it, it's really great the way you sort of put out all the information about your syllabus, your grading footage and all that. And, and less obviously yourself with, with your sort of personal development stuff. That, that They're both really great channels that, you know, I like to follow a lot. So, um so today we're, we're really going to talk about the um oh what, what's what's the proper word for it i guess like the i know it's, it's almost like a heathen thing in karate these days of grappling in the martial arts um so i i, I remember a while back ian did a podcast um about the martial arts and, and is there grappling in the martial arts and in karate and he, he made a joke going um is that grappling and throwing in karate yes thanks for tuning in see you later <laughs> Because obviously there is, right? So, kind of what what kind of experience have you guys found, um, Les? You're you're almost a, a grappler separately to being a karate guy, or do you just sort of implement both? Uh, I would say both. <clears throat> I think that my karate is so mixed up now with the wrestling. I cannot say I am a karateka or a wrestler. Mm. I think people get the misconception that I'm very good at wrestling. <laughs> I'm not. I've only been training with the team for four years and then um, I never I never had a chance to compete because um, wrestling was redone. His main focus on the younger audience, so they all focus on Olympics. Mm -hmm. And if you're coming there after 20, there's not much chance you can actually um, get into that kind of um, environment. So I've been more of a dummy 
so I learned how to do uh, fellover, and I'm gonna use the phrase that Matt Jardine used today, used on the podcast today. I like, I loved it. Um, I learned the language of the mat. Mm. So yeah, yeah. I, I become comfortable being on the floor and and being thrown and throw people as well. Um, so I kind of merged it. Uh, I never had a purpose to be a wrestler. Uh, when I joined in the wrestling club, it was always in mind of improving my karate. Um, I do like wrestling. I think, honestly, if I went to as a child to wrestling, I never would do karate because I like cuddles. Um, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so, so mostly karateka, but somewhere in between. I suppose that most of the people's opinion is I'm not a karateka because I do weird stuff. So, so I stay, I stay there. I'm borderline somewhere, somewhere in no, no, no man's life. Uh, yeah, land. yeah. I yeah, think you need to attract the, the odd critic once in a while, the, the Jupiter belt guy. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> and that guy on TikTok as well. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. you do draw him in, don't you? <laughs> yeah. I, I did the TikTok thing. What was that all about? Uh, I don't know. The guy uh, just started commenting that I'm a fake martial artist and I shouldn't be teaching and he's going to come and beat me up because he's going and exposing fake martial artists mm. and his, um, his master, Shihan master, uh, taught him that only true way and stuff like that. But I definitely had the mental health issues and I yeah. looked on his channel and he had the uh, uh, sadly, I don't know if it's true, but it looks like it's true. His son passing away a few years. Oh, yeah. So I can kind of understand that the only language he can communicate is aggression and sadness. I probably would be the same if one of my children died. Uh, yeah. So I, I tried to help him and I actually gave him an opportunity to enroll in my karate for mental health. And he stopped commenting then. So. <laughs> I mean, I, I wish I wish I could say that I was so nice to him. He, he kind of caught me on a bad day, so <laughs> I was uh, I was giving it back a little bit too. Um, so, like, one one of the things that um, kind of caught my attention about what you said then, Les, is it, it you seem to have gone like I, I feel like mine and Andy's path is more. We were doing three K karate, and then we saw other martial arts and, and started asking questions as you know we did the this the the other karate, um, and then then we kind of saw the cracks and then went to explore this stuff. But it seems like you did it on more, more of a deliberate way. You, you did your karate and then you saw wrestling as a good thing. That was something, if that makes sense. Uh, it's, it's not necessarily that. What I was fortunate about is my teacher was a kind of um, equivalent of Ian. So mm. we done a lot of bunkai, lots of thinking on katas, um, but kind of from the uh, perspective of a knockdown karate. So we've been always missing the, the, the punches to the head. Mm. And you know, if you train it without punching, you've got the scars, like Andy like to call them. I like that expression. And it took me a lot long, long time to get used to it, to keep my hands up. My uh, Kempo teacher and good friend always says, oh, you look like a tourist looking from behind the bush. So my head's <laughs> popping out and got punches in. Uh, <laughs> but I was fortunate that my teacher always encouraged us to cross training. So from day one, nearly. I've been exposed to seminars, different approaches. And mm. by, by chance, we lost our dojo. And one of the mates in school was doing wrestling. He said, hey, come come to my coach, speak about it. And um, you might have a hole. So we went, we got a dojo with them. And then we had the agreement that uh, the wrestlers can come train with us for free. And we can come to wrestlers for, for free. So I went there. 
put my pants on the first high throw and decided, yeah, that's the way to go. I'm going in and I'm going to learn throws because we had lots of throws, but they've been imp- not perfect. Mm. You know, the karate throws. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's something, something again, you said there's quite interesting. Um, and I'll kind of throw this one to Andy then. Um, you said uh, that your teacher was quite open to cross training. Um, is that something you experienced when you were doing karate, Andy? Uh, I'd say no. Um, so when I, when I first started training, uh, <coughs> my, so my, my instructor was uh, very traditional. Like he, he's Chinese. But uh, he really adopted kind of the, the Japanese JKA way of running a dojo, right? Um, mm. Once you get to know him, he's 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 a great guy. But he has this uh, sternness, uh, this, this exterior, mm. and it was a while before I, I felt comfortable having conversations with him. Uh, but over the years, we had conversations, and over the last several mm. years, um, he actually asked my what my advice, what I thought about certain things, what was going on in the club and in the organization, and so on. But in the early days, there was this, it wasn't so much that was explicitly said, but there was this uh, understanding that you don't go train elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And it, it, that wasn't just in our dojo. It was within the organization. Um, so don't go train with the Taekwondo guys. Not that I want to really, but because uh, mm-hmm. they're bad. And don't go train with the Kempo guys, because they're bad. That guy does Shoto Camp, but he's not organization. He's also bad. Uh, and it was just, you just hear things from different senior students. And so, okay, I'll just stay here and do my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's this, uh, I, I, it's interesting. There's there's a, a culture of conformity in Japan, right? It, it's, a, it's a culture where, at least I've never been to Japan, but from my understanding of uh, knowledgeable people who have spent time there, you don't really question people who are higher up, up in the hierarchy and it, this this culture of conformity is to do what you're told and you kind of carry on and that's related to this uh, this sense of loyalty so in shotokan you know with the dojo kun right john the secret mm-hmm. factor character the second line is be faithful and we have this in the west we have this notion of what it means to be faithful i think for for a long time decades ago there's this uh, love affair or the obsession with everything Japanese, we tried to kind of embrace the, these uh, ways of, of teaching, these ways of uh, thinking and so on, but, but we're not Japanese, we're, we're Westerners. And so there's this misplaced idea of what loyalty means. And loyalty uh, it, it ties in with this notion of not cross-training, not going training with other people and staying loyal to your dojo and only being taught by that particular instructor. And I think that's very flawed because if, if you, you're only depriving yourself of opportunities to grow, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I got into the grappling thing not that long ago. Uh, f- first, I just was trying to emulate what Ian Abernethy is doing on his, his Bunkai videos. Uh, then... I guess it was six years ago I did some judo. And then after that, jujitsu, I'm still doing jujitsu now. But I, I, I've seen things in jujitsu. It's like, crap, that, that is right in Basai Dai. Uh, mm-hmm. This is this, uh, you know, the gunkaku that where you connect your legs together. I think mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah that, that you see that all the time in submission wrestling and jujitsu. It's, it's, you're just standing up instead of laying down. It's, it's yeah, yeah. like this, this position. You, you can kind of get that underhook around the leg to pull yourself over, pull the head down, you get your figure forward, mm-hmm. and then connect for a triangle choke. It, it's 
but I would never would have seen that. And I would, if I didn't do any grappling before, I, I, I'd still be thinking that I'm, it's for balance. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> or, yeah. Or I'm avoiding a sweep and all the nonsense that you see. So I, I, I okay. I, Les, I said the same thing to you when you interviewed me. I ramble. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> oh, here I go. So this 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 idea of um, conformity, not rocking the boat, not asking questions. Uh, I might get in trouble for talking about this, but what the hell? Um, my old organization. Um, a number of years ago, there was a document that was it was a draft document that I was privy to because I was kind of senior in the organization. So it was a document on the standardization of kata. So the organization I was in was, was quite large, probably 100,000 people worldwide. And, you know, if you if you do Basadai in Eastern Canada, it might look a bit different than what you'd see in Louisiana, different in the UK, different in India. So the idea was to, to standardize all the movements. There's nothing wrong with that. Let's have some consistency within that organization versus that other shorter can organization, fine. And so for reference, they said, um, we're going to use the best karate series. John, you're probably familiar with that by Nakayama. I best karate you. series as, as reference. This is how well, you I'll do be it. It's one of the things that we we were like particularly exposed to, to all these uh, old traditional masters. It was very the club that I was part of was quite insular. Um, I, I keep getting people referring to uh, old old past masters, and I'm like, I, I have no idea what what they are. The only ones that I know of are the ones that I've come up with in, in independent research. So, all right. Right. Yeah. So in this document in, on, on page one, and when I first read this, uh, this was three years ago. I think I was uh, about to test for my seventh down. Um, and not that I expected to have any kind of influence in the organization, because even a seventh down, I was pretty low down the totem pole. Right. Um, but I was kind of into this practical karate movement. And what I read on that first page was disappointing for me. And I knew then that, that things were never going to change if I were to stay in the organization in terms of mm. teaching pedagogy. And I actually just jotted this down. I had to look it up earlier. Um, so there's a, a very short passage in this document. Um, uh, so that, again, they were standardized the katas according to the best karate series, uh, but there were some ambiguities in there with Japanese translation. So where there's ambiguities, we're going to go to this master, Master X within the organization and his notes from when he did, took the JKA instructor course back in Japan. Uh, so anyways, it says, the practitioner can find applications for many, if not all of the movements in a kata. And I, I assume this is in response to the wave of bunkai stuff that's coming out in social media at the time. Mm -hmm. However, the bunkai or application of a technique is secondary. In the, insert organization name here, the development of body movement is the primary purpose for practicing kata. And so that me, that was that left me a, a sinking feeling in my chest, knowing that mm -hmm. things are never going to change. So basically, uh, with what I was saying about conformity and preserving, not changing, we see this mountain of information out on social media, on YouTube, Facebook, all these wonderfully practical things you can do with gankaku and basadai and jiam. But that's not for us. We're going to just, just practice cover for developing our body movement. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that, that was hard to, to read. So I, for me, then I, I really started thinking about my, my future in the organization. And it was, it was actually three years after that, that I finally decided to leave. I had my syllabus written 
uh, I had all my ducks in a row and I, I made the move and joined the WCA. That's cool. It's, it's um, first things first, I know you're concerned about getting in trouble for um, saying that, but if, if this is going out on my socials, I've only got about three followers so far anyway. So, you, <laughs> you know, unless it's Master X is listening, I think you're okay. Can I add something on that um, Japanese culture and uh, formality? Because I've got the, one of my good um, friends who you can see all the artwork behind me in Japanese, uh, is a Japanese lady, Akemi Lucas. And on one of her seminars, she said to me, oh, it's lovely you're doing all this uh, traditional stuff, keeping the karate alive and stuff, because nobody does that in Japan anymore. You guys are great. Hmm. Uh, it's just, you know, we're trying to be more Japanese than Japanese people, actually. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, taking it to the new level when nobody cares. Same word for, uh, I was talking with James Hutch. He lives in Tokyo in Japan and he's like, you know, we are becoming a re relics of the past, being in the future, trying to replicate something which people moved on. Yeah, At least that's 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 my take on it. Yeah, it's, it's I love your t-shirt. I love your t-shirt, Andy. High kites forever. Hey, forever. <laughs> I'm, I'm the odd one out for this one. Work for you, Les. What was I going to say? Uh, yeah, it's, it's a shame, and, and I agree with what you say now, Les, because um, the, the movement, the practical karate movement is, uh, it kind of rolls with the thing of you have to, it, it's a bulb or die, isn't it? And, and mm. if they're doubling down on the, um, sticking to the old movement traditions and the body body conditioning, like you were saying, Andy, it's, it's a bit disappointing, and I can imagine the, kind of the hope getting sucked away from you when you read that line, right? you got yeah. it in your heart, things are changing, like, maybe I'm, I'm part of this organisation, and you read that line, it's like, Oh, all right, fair enough. Yeah, it's not happening. <laughs> yeah, not going to change. Mm. So um, uh, I'll just throw in my experience over here then. So uh, I, I was part of a, uh, you know, 3K club. They're, they're fine. Uh, they, were, they were great at what they did. But what um, what happened after a while is um, my ex-chief instructor was started, uh, left his chief instructor, who was very 3K. Uh, he started mixing with uh, Gracie Jiu-Jitsu, which is obviously a really, really hands-on, in-your-face art. Um, and, you know, I've been, by, by this time that we've been starting to train, I had, um, I've been doing karate for, say, five or six years, and then this new Jiu-Jitsu thing comes and it gets introduced to the class, and I'm like, I've been doing this for six months, and I feel that I would sooner rely on this to defend myself than <laughs> everything I've been taught. That makes sense, right? I mean, I'm sure yeah. you get it from, from your point of view. So I'm, I'm like, Okay, if I do get surrounded by eight dudes, then I'll rely on my kata as long as they attack me in the same way that they're meant to. But if I get attacked for real, someone grabs me. Oh, right. Okay, that's the jujitsu that I've learned more effective defense, more effective principles in six months. Right. Yeah. So, uh, how do you guys fight? Well, I'll, I'll go to you because you're you're directly into jujitsu, Andy. Um, so you've seen a lot of the um, movements from kata in jujitsu. Uh, kind of like how much of an eye-opener was it for you when you started training jiu-jitsu? So my, my first jiu-jitsu instructor, uh, and I, I knew I was going to kind of have light bulb moments, that there was going to be this, this connection. Um, we were doing defense. I think we were talking about this online, actually, through mm -hmm. messing with you, John. Um, uh, defense against a single leg takedown. Mm -hmm. right? So they have your, your leg between their legs, right? And they're, they're, they're kind of tucking it, tucking it behind their, their hips sort of thing. Uh, and 
so anyway, we did this looping drill. It just kept looping, 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 where you take turns, which I, I really like because it gets the repetitions. And I do a lot of karate drills like that. Mm. And so the, the, in the motion, and I can't really explain this uh, in words per se, but you, you, uh, if their head's kind of inside your thigh, you, you push it, you make some space, and then you kind of put a frame out there, and then you hook under their armpit, like kind of like a whizzer, and then you, you grab their arms and you pull up as you stomp your leg down to the ground. Right. And, it, sure. and then a, a Fukumi Gary, the side thrust kick. I thought that, that is Basa Dai. So I'm, I'm, oh, yeah, I'm yeah. in this drill again. I'm so excited. But I, uh, I showed my instructor, he said, that's, that's in a kata because he knew I do karate. And, and uh, so I'm showing the motions here. So when you push the head, that's this. And then when you get the wizard, you, that's this motion. And he's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Didn't give a rat's ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, and so I think for someone who's a grappler and they, uh, and you show them how what they are doing fits into a kata, they don't give a damn. But for us karate people, especially for those of us who went through years and years of the uh, 3K where there's no meaning behind kata, it's just for body movement. When we mm -hmm. see something that works and it makes sense that real grapplers are doing, that's really exciting for us. Uh, yeah. People who don't do forms-based martial arts don't get that excitement. Okay, we're, we're just defending a single leg, so be it. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, there's been other other times where I've seen those connections, uh, and that that's exciting to me. Now, whoever made Basada or, or Pasai, was that their intention? Probably not. But but I don't. And who was it? Uh, Daniel Marino was was uh, recently talking about this on Facebook. Uh, he he got, I think he had some criticism, as we all do from time to time. No way <laughs> on the yeah. internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. We, we don't know what the original intent was be, between you know, this movement and, and uh, this movement itself. We have no idea. Uh, but if we, if we find something and the application fits the shape of the kata, we will call it the, the kata oyo, the bunka, mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it. And, and I'm okay with that. So I come up with some ideas. I'm damn sure that that's not the original idea. But if it works, it works. That's yeah, the way I absolutely. It. There's another yeah, fellow, we, uh, we, we, the, the, the other guy's name is Paul He's with uh, the Corey Uchinati, Passion McCarthy's group. And he, he has a, a very small YouTube channel. I wish he put up more content and promote him more because he, he gets some good stuff there. But he also, um, he, he has some stuff for Gunkaku and for the opening movement of, of MP. So that movement of MP where you have your hands stacked like this, you drop down to one leg, he's using that as a, as a takedown from a, from a clinch. You have an overhook, it's a, less what you call it, a pick, you put that on the outside of the knee. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah you get the arm trap, you pick, and you kind of put your shoulder forward, you mm. kneel down, and they, they go down. Um, mm. There's another fellow from Cody Stewart, Canadian, yeah. uh, also with the KU. He has some good stuff. Uh, what kata was it? Uh, Gangaku, I think. No, it's Basada, this one again. And he's basically using it, with the kick is it, Uchimata. First, you, you raise the knee, get him in the gut. You're, you got a two-on-one grip on the, their haymaker arm, right? And then you, you, your right knee goes to their gut, and then you, you reap that close leg, that left leg, and it's just a beautiful uchimata inner thigh throw. 
there's all kinds of good stuff out there. Um, mm. and, and some people promote their stuff and some people just put it up and don't do much with it and it doesn't get the attention it deserves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I, I think this is something maybe less that you suffer a bit from is not wanting to, um, you know, over promote your content. Um, cause I think we spoke about, you know, putting some, um, you were asking for suggestions for fundraisers or something. I suggested that you use it to kind of boost your content and get your message out there a little bit more. And you seemed a little bit reluctant to do that, but it's, it's the kind of thing that, you know, if these guys have got good content, Les, your stuff is amazing. It needs to be in front of people. And unfortunately, sometimes you've got to pay to play with these kind of things. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's just my uh, insecurities coming in. I had to be judged, uh, although I'm getting used to it. And actually, I took your advice and that um, all the funds from Christian seminars going to me uh, to, <laughs> to my, my uh, project. For the oh, current brilliant. mental health, but I want to come back to the earlier question, which uh, Andy was saying that you know, mm-hmm. training with restless and getting excited about it. I actually yeah, yeah. had the completely opposite uh, stuff. So we've been doing kata, and the the wrestling coach came in. He's now um, nearly seventy, uh, and he looked on his kata. He said, "Why do you? What do you do that with this? What's that movement for?" So I show him, uh, let's say it was uh, Uchiuke, yeah? So I said, oh, you're coming here, you, you cover, you strike. He said, well, well, come here, i show you something, yeah? And he dug, done on me undrag. That was years ago, yeah? And I was like, shit, that's Uchiuke. That makes so yeah, much yeah, more yeah. sense than going covering here, hiding and trying to strike and then grab instead of just, mm-hmm. you know. And he, I always had the problem with all the blocks that that leading hand that we're going for us is the, the hand goes forward and the other one comes over yeah so this is tactile mm. something to grab or hold and this one is to drag uh so wrestling kind of um decipher for me the use of the other hand um that yeah. you actually are holding already to something else and hence the hikite all the stuff <laughs> coming in and you know but yeah, with, with, with the YouTube channels and stuff like that, yeah, it took me a long time. You know, my channel is 13 years old or 14 mm. years old, and I never had the confidence to actually put and promote it. Only recent years, I think the same time when Andy started, but Andy's got a more uh, uh, clever content and more structured content, so he's doing much better than me. I'm kind of a random uh, foreigner <laughs> <laughs> putting random stuff up and... Uh, uh, I, I I don't I only now started to do I think what Andy done well is starting his own group, the mm. the applied Shotokan group on that Facebook helps. and that grow and help because I sit down now I've got the more views with my group the Karate for Mental Health and that's growing slowly so I think that's the way to do it. and I think you done John well yeah. starting that really early because you're building everything in a web and you're getting that people on the, all the platforms. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I never have kicked anyone out of my, my Facebook group for getting too popular. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are we going to get sued for this now? So I think it's, it's kind of cool what, what you said then, Les, that you've got, um, so your wrestling coach kind of took what you were showing with karate and, and um, like played with it a little bit and, and helped you explore it from, from an outside point of view. Um, I've got a friend who's he's still in the the, the jujitsu circles that I was in, and he's like he's he's well into his jujitsu, knows all the um, applications, knows all the self defenses and everything like that. And I've actually sent him my katas, uh, the well actually just the Pinan series to begin with, um, and asked him to kind of take a look at them. I've given him the idea of um, here's what a kata is, 
Um, this is kind of what to look out for. Don't get too caught up in the perfection of the form or anything. If, if anything looks similar but it works, go with it. Um, and just to kind of take it from a uh, entirely grappling jiu-jitsu point of view, he's got no experience of karate. He, he, <laughs> kind of sad to say this, but he said, uh, I always thought karate was just a way for eight-year-olds to get black belts. <laughs> and that kind of, you know, kind of hit me there. But um, anyway... Uh, then, but so, th then can you call it karate? <laughs> I have to call it martial arts. <laughs> no. um, so it, it's it's cool having like outside people looking at your stuff and taking interest. Um, and I don't think that would have been quite possible if it wasn't for this outside movement or you know the, the practical movement kind of giving us these ideas. What what do you think? <laughs> I, I I think uh, I'm not saying I'm, I'm not. A grappler. I do some jitsu. I can't pretend that I'm awesome at it. Okay, mm -hmm. I'm I'm am still a white belt. Uh, <laughs> but I think if you don't have any grappling experience, you're never going to come up with anything meaningful from kata mm. uh, if you haven't been exposed to grappling, whether it's uh, wrestling or jujitsu or submission wrestling, like w w whatever. You you have to have some working knowledge of. Uh, leverage on joints and, ch and mechanics for choking, uh, for for off balance, and you have to have some some basic knowledge of that before you're going to figure out what this double block means. And that that can be an arm drag too. You you, you kind of parry down that that the, the hand, you get behind the elbow, like like this, right? And you pull in. Um, you, yeah, you have you have to either get in there yourself and find out the hard way, or have someone mentoring you. Mm. Um, but the, the three K guy coming <clears throat> right out of the three K dojo, you're just you're not going to have any imagination for what that would be, or no. this is always going to be a block for you. Mm. Right? You know, it can be a frame, it can be a choke, it can be lots of things, but you're never going to get beyond that blocking mentality because it's Nuki Um Yes, yeah, so you, you definitely have to to get out there and get get your ass kicked by some grapplers. <laughs> God, yeah. I mean, uh, it's it's interesting what you say then about um, you know having to get in there and experience and and um, that you, you know a mentorship thing. Um, so I think it was Ken Fu TV uh, on on a recent episode. He was saying about um, the gist of it was if I don't want you to be a better student than me, if I've still got to be better than you, then karate gets progressively worse and worse and worse and worse, right? Mm -hmm. So. If, if I always keep my students beneath me and they keep their students worse than them and they keep their students worse than them. So um, I, I was, I'm kind of writing up a, a thing about cross training now anyway, but one of the things I was thinking was um, if I want to get good at throwing, I've got to get good at throwing myself and I've got to send my guys to throwing people so that their throwing gets good so they can teach good throwing as well, right? Or otherwise the, the throwing in the martial arts gets progressively worse and worse and worse. Um, so what, what kind of experience um do, do you let's take um right I, I would ask this now um do you take much form from the kick from from the um wrestling so you see like you said before with the arm drag do you, do you take a lot of that from it or do you just see a lot more of the, of the body mechanics as opposed to the like applications and moves does that make sense yeah yeah i, I think i know what you mean um do i mm. take a form uh all wrestling is tactile. Mm. I don't learn by looking at things. I learn more uh, better by looking by things than reading about and listening about them. 
but there's mm. nothing that teaches you the best than feeling it especially in wrestling you need to feel it somebody can explain to you the the lock or a drag or something and everybody's gonna look different if you understand how to do it and you've done it a few times then you can transfer it it's very difficult to put it on paper that's why i'm struggling with my syllabus because wrestling is not like karate that is got the names for everything it's more groups so you mm -hmm. know you've got the i had the i think i had the exchange with um what's his name from canada Toraguchi. Um, oh, oh uh, in Ontario. Oh my gosh. Uh, but we know, um, I can't, can't remember his name, but he said that, you know, on my, on my videos, I'm doing a throw which meant to be the arm is under, under hook. And then on the last stage, I grabbed the arm. In wrestling uh, realms, this is the exactly same throw. Mm. It's just the point of uh, contact is different. But the mechanics of the throw, and he was saying, no, no, it's it's not the for us. It's a completely different throw. Yes, the throw is maybe called differently, but the body mm. mechanics are nearly the same. It's just the placement of the arm, and you can do that throw the same throw without that arm. So you've got a groups of throws, and they all have got the same body mechanics with the fine details. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's very difficult to describe something on paper. Do this throw because we've got a you know especially in, in wrestling um you don't always um look sick for the perfect form mm. you pull the throw wherever you can and whenever you can so it yeah. might be a dodgy as sorry for swearing shit <laughs> but if it won it won it's a valid technique and everybody's got the you know many many um, techniques are taking names from people because mm. they change something and it's their technique, and people start learning it, and then that, that's the name from it. So, you know, you got Jack Sarov throw because the Mr. Jack Sarov was doing the Kataguruma, and uh, and it was perfect for him. But variation of Kataguruma in wrestling is hundreds. Every individual mm -hmm. does individually. So, for my students, uh, feeling is the best. You know, if I can show them, uh, they doing adaptation for their own because everybody's built differently. And if it's work, it works. You know, the, the, the perfect test is, you know, going and do a randori, wrestling randori. And if you can pull up, pull off your techniques, it's okay. If not, mm -hmm. we need to work or maybe you have to work on something else. But as you said, you know, for me, there's no bigger pleasure for me when my students overtakes me and beats my, beats my uh, ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every, you know, that, that makes me proud because I've done a good job. If that's not happening, that means I'm not teaching correctly. Mm. See, that's that's the thing with with um, jujitsu that I've experienced, at least when. Um, so you, you said, Andy, your jujitsu is more sort of ground and sport based than it is self defense and stand up based. Is that right? The stuff I've been doing now, yeah, yeah. So when when I was doing it, we had, um, you know, it's about like it's, you know, a sixty forty split between sixty percent self defense and forty percent groundwork. But you, you're looking at, uh, you know, say there's there's one attack. Uh, where you're being grabbed by the lapel this way and or by the shoulders and was dragging you this way. And um, the, the thing with seeing a technique like that and drilling it over and over again is you get that clear distinction of what the technique is, right, if that, if that makes sense. So yeah. wrestling, a lot of it is feeling, but in, in jiu-jitsu, like I've got um, a Hoist Gracie self-defense book there and I can pick up that book and I can look at it and I can go, right, that's, that's that. This is the motion from that, okay? So... Uh, in, in that defense, I was sharing with you on, on the Basai Dai again, that motion where you scoop down and bring it up, you drop your body weight in to, to 
kind of uh, crease the elbow and you scoop up to break the elbow or to dislocate the shoulder, I guess you, you would do with that. So um, that's one of the things that I found to be um, a, a good crossover between the jiu-jitsu, which would be different from what Les seems to experience, which is different from, from what you might experience. But what you what you guys are getting good is like it's pressure testing, isn't it? And everything is measured by effect. Like you said, um, Les, if a throw works, a throw works, doesn't matter how good it looks. Um, whereas in the karate we've done before, um, you, you've never had like a particularly 3K karate club, have you, Les? No, no. No. So it, everything had to look perfect. It didn't matter if it worked. That's that's the long and short of it, isn't it? You know, in, in those karate clubs. Well, um, if, if I've been in a club like that, I would be still the green belt because one of uh, Kyokushin requirements by the green belt is uh, kicking Mawashi Gary Jordan perfectly. And right. I was worried, but I remember the vividly. I said to my teacher, oh, I'm going to pass this one. I can't kick because my hips not allowing me. I said, just don't worry about it. Be fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, but I think that's one one of the strong things about grappling art is everything. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. It does not have to look perfect. Um, so I guess that we're we're a little bit um, we're thirty five minutes into the into the chat now. So I think we're clear to kind of start discussing um, what about people who refuse to accept that there's grappling. <laughs> like you, it's like banging your head against the brick wall. Like we were talking in the. Uh, the, the shorter can club that I snuck into, <laughs> they just do not want to see it. You know, uh, back to my instructor. So if you were to ask me 30 years ago, is there, are there any throws in karate? No, no, no throws in karate. Any no. grappling? Definitely not. It's all punch and kicking. That yeah, would be my you're answer. talking about judo. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, that's judo stuff. That's wrestling. Mm. Uh, you could not convince me 30 years ago that there was grappling in karate. Um, when I started getting into the, 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 the bunkai stuff, uh, I'd come to class and I'd show my, my instructors, hey, check this out, it's from here and go down, what do you think? And he'd give a nod of approval, right? Um, mm. And uh, he, he never really dabbled into it really much, but uh, he really, he did support me on what I was doing uh, for a long time and he could appreciate what I was trying to do is, is give meaning to show mm. their hand katas. And initially it was just all other people's ideas and eventually I come up with some of my own. And, and uh, he would have me teach sometimes. So, you know, years ago, if he had me teach, it'd be some kumite drills or something. And uh, or I had a video out and say, why don't you teach that tonight? And he'd just mm. step aside and watch it happen. So it, it was nice to get the support like that. Uh, but um, yeah, there's a lot of people who just, refuse to believe and i think that's an insecurity thing so if if, if you, mm. you are a 50 year old 60 year old person and you've been doing 3k karate for 20 30 40 years straight lines up and down the dojo have good form and everything and maybe you've done some competition uh where you're not allowed to grab in the jka kind of tournaments and then you get this some guy saying no that's this is not a block it's a you're cranking a shoulder or this is a takedown or this and they don't know any of that and i, I think as ego it's mm. easy and convenient for them to dismiss it as nonsense because it shows it really exposes how little they understand their own art mm. right it's definitely an ego thing yeah i i agree, I agree with that definitely it's uh it's 
it's difficult to admit that you're wrong sometimes, especially when you're so invested in something. Yeah, especially if you've been invested decades in training and to find out. Now, for me, when, when I first saw Evernessy do, uh, it was a, you know, that I, I think the first video I saw of his was um, this part. Mm-hmm. He had to yeah, jump. Yeah, and then you do the jump. Oh, yeah. So he had a left hand grip on a collar. He goes up here and he does the Epon Sanagi and he drops down. He just twists his hands like in this kind of position. That's your Jujuki. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I, I just, I just blown away. And then yeah. he does, it's, it's very simple, but the, the opening movement's one, two, and you mm-hmm. do that funny stand up thing. And someone's mm-hmm. grabbing, you anchor. I was teaching this today to my high school kids, actually. Uh, you anchor, smash the bicep, you smash the neck. There's your uchiyuki. Mm-hmm. You crank on the arm again. like They do this, and you punch across the jaw, grab their head, and you, you twist as you turn up, and there's your mm-hmm. flowing water position. Yeah. Uh, so for me, when I first started seeing this stuff, I, I was just, my mind was blown. and it, it was so exciting. And for me, it was a relief because for years, uh, I was told, Kata, do kata, it'll make your kumite better, right? Your kata, kumite, kion, your three Ks are so important. But as as uh, Ian always says, uh, never three Ks, never shall the three meet or something, right? Because mm-hmm. they're, they're three separate yeah. entities. Um, but for me, I, I really got excited to see meaning in kata because I, I was having questions about this. Like, well, when I do kumite, I don't do, I don't move anything like kata, nothing. Yeah. In, in fact, I was having trouble with my footwork in Kumite. I had very fast hands when I was young, but I, I couldn't move. I couldn't, didn't have the footwork mm. um, because we didn't do a lot of that in our dojo. So I actually went to a, I can't remember, it was Shitaru or Chitaru, but he's world champion and local guy here in Halifax. Uh, um, he was world champion in his organization, I think also with what is now called the WKF. Uh, so I learned footwork from him, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, they're, they're, they're not the kata and the kumite, they're two separate entities. But, and, and so for me, it was just something to work on to perfect your technique, but yeah. then it, it had meaning behind the movements. Mm-hmm. And that's so why I, I was completely open mind about the whole thing. Cause it was a relief for me, but so I don't, I, I can't really relate to, I can't, I can't to the people who just dismiss it as being nonsense or as, okay, that's fine for them, but for us, it's just for body movement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think um, I've got, like, obsessive tendencies. Um, I, I think I me- mentioned this to you, Les, like, months ago, but, like, I think I might be slightly on the autistic spectrum somewhere <laughs> where, you know, if, if I get if, if I get into something, I get into it, and, and the, like, the quote-unquote mistake I made when it came to, um, like, exploring these ideas was I uh, saw some of, like, I, I came... I said before, uh, Jesse Enkamp, he's, he's a great gateway drug into practical martial arts, right? He's, uh, he, he does videos, he shows you uh, different applications of bunkai. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not annoying you talking about all my lives because I know you've had a bad experience. <laughs> okay. Um, but, yeah, so then, then he leads on to Ian's work, your work, Andy, and, and more recently your work. But then, then I started consuming and then I'm learning about Okinawa and then I'm learning about, you know, all these other things. And I remember it, um, Ian's got a, an episode of the podcast, uh, which is called called Occam's Hurdled Katana, right? Mm-hmm. Which is um, that move in Hian Godan that we're talking about, Pinan Godan, where um, the three K description of it is someone's uh, slicing at your legs with a samurai sword, right. you're jumping over them, you're uh, like tapping them on the nose with this, and you're turning your back on them, 
And I'm like, yeah, that's that's exactly what I've been told. Why 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 did I believe that? <laughs> <You know? laughs> I know it's so it's so illogical. You yeah, think, yeah. But here here's the the culture of conformity, not asking questions, right? Because yeah, yeah, even yeah. in the West, we're we're we kind of learned somewhere that you just, Oops. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, okay, speak, speaking of, uh, speaking of asking questions and questioning things, Les, this is this is something that we, that oh, well. You spoke about on your on your podcast, um, <laughs> on yeah. the comment I made. So yeah. uh, the, the culture that you were brought up, and were you allowed to sort of ask questions and explore stuff? We've been always uh, uh, told to ask questions. That's why uh, not many people like us on seminars. Um, yeah, because yeah. my teacher was always, you know, if you don't ask, you don't know. Uh, if you've got a problem, the only way to solve it is to ask mm. somebody who is more. Um, advanced in it so I encourage my students to ask questions uh, it's actually funny because uh, we went with uh, my wife's group and my wife actually went with us uh, she's doing the different type of karate we should do we went for uh, Ian seminar first time mm. and they hold the group who didn't ask questions and me of course was talking all the seminar with Ian so we've been arguing uh, not arguing but exchanging ideas about fro because Ian's build is completely different to mine and mm. things he can pull off from judo perspective completely didn't work. So I was showing from the wrestling, I wouldn't do that. So I spent talking with, with Ian, everybody was kind of looking at me, why is he asking questions? Why is he asking questions? Um, and, you know, that's, that's the way I am. I ask questions, mm. I ask difficult questions, and hence I am excluded from, from groups, from clubs. I've been thrown away in UK from the first club I joined in. Uh, because I had my own opinion, I wanted to do my stuff uh, my way, and I've uh, been accused of stealing students, which uh, they moved with me uh, to do stuff I do. Uh, so yeah, I only can say if you if you've got questions, just ask them. There's no stupid mm. questions. But, but you're with a guy like Ian. Ian's happy to talk about karate. He, mm. he loves answering questions, whether it be in the mm. middle of seminar or around the breakfast table at the residential thing, right? Uh, and he'll he'll talk all day long about about karate, uh, but I've been at seminars before, three K seminars, and we're working on a kata. Let's say it's, it doesn't really matter. Uh, go Jusho show, let's say, and there's a movement where you have this tate shutoke, this this kind of movement, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't ask I never ask questions because I, I knew I wouldn't get good answers. Uh, and it's just because they don't know. So you ask, what, what is this for? In broken English, the response I, I got one time is set, set, set positions. You're getting ready for your punch. Right, yeah. That's my Higa t-shirt sign. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it, it's, it's nonsense. That, 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 that is, okay, is a beautiful thing. It, it can be an index. It can be make space. It can cover eyes. You can rake eyes with it. There's, there's all kinds of things you can... It's just, it's, it's in so many Shotokan Kata. I'm going to do a video sometime. Uh, it has a lot of great applications, very practical, but it's not a set position. Looking, looking into the sun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I, uh, so, so I won't say his name because he might not want me to mention it, but he has a, a pretty big Facebook group. And he sent me a video of these guys training techie or nahanshi. And they're on, you know, the, the kind of benches you'd see in a gymnasium for, for the basketball team to sit yeah. on. They're mm. like, yay high. So they're, 
they're standing on these benches and and they're they're doing the hunchy techie on the benches and he just sent this to me through facebook messenger and said they have no idea about what they're doing it, mm-hmm. because they're just working on balance right mm-hmm. uh probably working on their embus and their, their lines and make sure their feet stay in straight long so they don't, they don't drift off the, of the uh the bench as they do their crossover steps mm-hmm. but that's the kind of training you see is is this that's that's creative for them or innovative is uh let's work on our balance and do kata on a yeah do kata backwards or uh yeah yeah with understanding there's there's you know i i i've been since leaving my organization and and like mixing with more open-minded people i've i've kind of i've I've um, mentioned this to a comment with chris hansen the other day some on i can't remember which thread but i've been fairly like anti-3k um over the past few years but at, at the end of the day they're doing their thing we're doing our thing that that's okay but it just kind of it's it's when they sort of refuse to engage and refuse to explore that that's that's what i start kind of, kind of getting a bit pissed off with it all you know but anyway that's 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 them and, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and you know in terms of being open-minded i i mean i can be kind of pig-headed about things mm. uh, i'll admit it just ask my wife uh but being open-minded uh if someone calls, says I'm closed-minded because I, I won't accept that kata is for body movement or that hikate is for power or uh, you know all the other myths that exist in karate, I, I, I feel I'm qualified to, to dismiss that because I lived it for decades. Mm. I lived it and I came to my, the conclusion on my own that none of this makes sense. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I'm, I came from a... Uh, MMA background, and I'm looking at karate and, and laughing at all these these nonsense stories. It's it's I experienced it firsthand. I was taught it, and I had the time to reflect uh, about the things I've been taught over the years by very very high ranking Japanese masters. And after some exposure to to practical karate, whatever you want to call it, applied karate, and a bit of grappling, I've come to the conclusion that I'll, that doesn't work. Mm. So. I don't think I'm closed-minded for dismissing those myths um, because I used to believe them myself. Yeah, you, you've seen both sides of the coin, whereas they refuse to even take a peek around the corner at the other right. side of the coin. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because they're told um, bad things around that corner. I, yeah, I, yeah. I kind of let people do what they want to do. Uh, what I'm looking in is the honest honesty. So, you know, if, if you are doing the free kick karate because you are aware of it, you know what it comes with and you're enjoying it, fine by me. Mm. If you do practical karate and, and you're narrow-minded and you don't know why you're doing it because you're just part of the club, mm. you should you should look outside as well. You know, I, I do uh, kata for movement, but I know that I'm doing them for movement because my students have a benefit of it. They're right. 70 years old. But I don't tell them that, you know, they're going to get magical powers of self-defense if they're going to do the kata a million times. You know, you upfront what you're giving them, what they're going to learn, why you're doing this, and there's no problem. You can do sports karate, whatever you want to. So if, if you don't practice the karate for those benefits, how, how do your students manage their chi? Do they, like, learn it another way? or? Oh, they are they're always so big that we're bending frames when they're going through the doors. Got it. Um, so I, that, that kind of leads me to something else I wanted to talk about. Um, uh, but we, I, I had only planned on going for an hour. Are, are you guys 
happy to potentially run over a little bit or are you on a schedule? I'm fine. I'm fine. Okay, sure. So um, that kind of goes with, um, you were saying, Les, that you do your kata for movement, you do it for that reason. Uh, and do you take a more practical approach to it? So uh, the thing I'm looking at now is uh, the position I'm in, I have a uh, like inherited a system with a children's martial arts program. Mm-hmm. Um, once they qualified uh, or became old enough, they'd move up to a kickboxing class, which, um, you know, they, effectively, it's just the sort of continuous sparring uh, portion of the thing and, and pad work, um, which speaking of pad work, by the way, I'm, it blows my mind that most karate clubs don't do pad work. I, I could not believe it when Ian told me when I spoke to him. But I, I didn't do it for ever. We, we serious. Pads. I was amazing at crushing air molecules. But we just wow. didn't do <laughs> pad work. And if we did, you're, you're in a Zen Kutsudashi down block and you're... And you, and you're, you know how you, um, you're Shokokan guy, mm. yeah, the, the key mate. I, I'm actually Shokokai. Okay, sorry. Yeah, so uh, how, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, hitting, hitting, Ian Everness, he's been talking about the purpose of key mate. Kind of stole my thunder. It's going to be one of the things I was going to write about. But um, <laughs> the, 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 yeah, that, that tension at, at the end, the, the, the mechanics of kicking and punching in air are different than the mechanics of kicking and punching a target. Yeah. Mm. They're not oh, the yeah. same. Um, I can remember, uh, I started karate when I was 19 and, and uh, mom bought me a heavy bag. So I was still living at home, uh, hung in the basement. I can remember the first time I threw a roundhouse kick. My, leg, my, my foot kind of bounced off it. Mm. And it was only a 60 pound bag, it wasn't heavy. Mm. I thought that is very unsatisfying because I did. We we're taught to you know, snap back, snap back, snap back, mm-hmm. but to never actually penetrate a target. You yeah, know, I could do a nice whippy roundhouse kick, but it was just, it was, you had to, you have to hit things in order to learn how to hit. You're just not going to be able to hit hard. Otherwise. No, definitely. I think that's one one positive thing, uh, one of the many positive things of um, being in a modern uh, school. So based on Kyokushin and Ashihara, they very early incorporated everything on the back. So huge shields, uh, taipad stars and, and gloves and stuff. So from day one, I've been into the punch bags and, and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I never, Plus- but you know, we've done a lot of Kihon in the air as well, and uh, that's the one of the reasons that so many karateka have uh, knees change and uh, hips change. It's just different mechanics, like Andy said. You know, kicking something, it's stopping you instead of um, overextending your joints. Mm. Uh, yeah, um, it's fortunately while, like you say, that we we did a lot of uh, sort of kime in the air as well, but we did pad work was like a fairly integral part of the training, which I was I was lucky for. Um, I was uh, just happened to be talking. I, I don't know if this name means anything but he's he's another um potentially controversial character when it comes to talking about martial arts but matt fidesz um he's mm-hmm. uh, he's uh ex-taekwondo guy and he used to be michael jackson's bodyguard so i just happened to be on a, on a call with him the other day um and he was saying that um uh, a lot of the sort of high level sort of high kickers have had to have their hips replaced twice three times because mm-hmm. of all this high kicking and like f- for what purpose right there's, there's, there's no point to it um so like to kind of bring the conversation back on track with uh syllabus then um i've seen a lot of sort of footage about your syllabus and like i gotta say i'm I, I really am impressed with the um like the, the depth 
Guys. With 70 pages of Andy's uh, <laughs> syllabus. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I, I do think you teach the kids to run before they can walk. Um, I, but you know, I do. I've been told a couple times lately. Since it's, it's, a, it's a very in depth seminar, uh, it's a, a syllabus, but um, Les, I, I virtually know nothing of yours. So let's let's go to you first. What's, what's your syllabus like? So I am completely opposite to Andy, as Andy <laughs> super organized, everything is written down properly. Um, first thing, I don't have a syllabus for students. Uh, they can have access to it, but syllabus is for me to have a point of reference where I want to take my students. Um, they don't need to know it, although if they want it, I send it to them. Uh, and I do assessments, so I don't do gradings, although sometimes we do gradings. But usually they are unannounced and on the, during the session. So I went like BJJ and we award. So I look through people's for the year. I've got gradings once a year. Uh, I assess uh, if they are worthy. They give me a nice tip, chocolate or something. They've got a grade. Uh, <laughs> and from the fifth queue, so uh, green belt, I do a um, external assessment. So one of the, we're doing quite a few seminars over the year with uh, different teachers. So ask uh, ask somebody, at least two or three people, um, to check up my work if I'm not getting biased. And you know you, we get creating our bubble and we we like certain stuff. And I have always somebody to come and, and tell me, listen, this is not looking right, or just to check my my work if I'm I'm doing it correctly or not. And I kind of get rid of lots of stuff from my syllabus. So I color a lot of stuff um, because I didn't like the idea that the beginners learning a lot of stuff and then it's kind of narrowing. Mm. So I inverted the pyramid and we're doing a syllabus kata based. So the first, uh, the 10th queue is of ceremonies and, and some basics so they know how to move. And then uh, ninth queue is starting with the Pinan Shodan, although some call it the Pinan Nidan, you know, you know the problems with the karate. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. the fir first kata and, and all the kihon is from that kata. There's nothing else. That's all what we do. And bunka is an application. And then we do bunka is in the same time, an application from the day one. Um, and everybody goes, yeah, I use kata as a kihon. And we do it on the end of the session. I'm going to be probably told off because of that. But we're doing it as a cool down. So after all the parts and work, we're starting the last 15 minutes doing a high speed kata, <laughs> which people hate, mm -hmm. seems to be hating. And then slowing them down to, to cool down. Mm -hmm. uh, so all the students doing all the katas up to the first done. So then when when it comes to the grading, that kata, they polish in the kata. And as well, uh, as they're going through the grade, we're dropping the kata for them. So they learn, let's say, five pinans. By the green belt, they're choosing their favorite one from the pinans. Mm. They're going up to the first dan. They need to have three favorite katas that suits them. And they know through, throughout, throughout, through, throughout, how do you say it? They know right. it, uh, yeah, they know it throughout. And they can tell me everything about it. And from the third dan, they're choosing their one uh, kata which they specialize in it so it's four katas by the time they are fifth done they need to know they know the outlay and basic combination and stuff so it's nobody's uh, without the knowledge of any kata we're doing but the specialization is in the given kata they chosen or i tell them to do cool. so yeah that in a nutshell. It's, 
it's, it seems like quite a um, sort of free, like say, uh, maybe less less structured, less formal way. Of yeah, yeah, I, I call it open syllabus. Yeah, yes, yeah, that's, that's that's a good phrasing for it, I like that. Mm. Um, I, I think what one of the things that you mentioned that I like is um, uh, not the formal gradings where they turn up and they show their stuff and go that that you when they're ready they get awarded a belt. Is that right? Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That's all. That's because I'm working with a lot of people with uh, disabilities and autism, mm. and although they need to have a structure, um, I noticed that they're getting super um, stressed about it, and the mm. ability goes down a lot. So I rather do a, a unnoticed uh, examination and I just, like I done it for Danny, my uh, autistic student, uh, we done his last grading on a class. There was not many people. So I thought, well, let's go through all the katas. We couldn't do combinations and, and human being throws and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, okay, let's do the examination for him. And after that, you know, you tell him, well, you just pass your grading and he'd been over the moon without being stressed. Yeah, yeah, it's, it, you do see that with adults. Uh, it's that, per, that performance anxiety, isn't it? I, I mean, I'm sure you see it, Andy, with your school as well. They know that it's grading day. And even like, you know, the guys who've been under like the biggest pressure in their day-to-day jobs, they turn up to your class. If, if you're anything like me, you don't turn up on the day to grade unless you're ready to grade, right? Mm. And um, so they, they, for all intents and purposes, know that they're going to pass because they wouldn't be there if, if they weren't ready for the, for the belt. And still, they're shitting bricks about it. Mm. Like, although I would say that the you know the the, the formal grading got a place. You know, when when mm. there is like a, a black belt grading or something, I do grading because it's that just uh, I don't know, it's just formality of it, and a little yeah. bit of a stress is needed as well. You cannot just you know keep yeah. them safe all the time. No, of yeah. course. Yeah, I, I like the idea of uh, of the formal grading, and like you said, John, I I, I those three boys I had tested in my shed uh, mm. a few weeks ago for their yellow belt. Um, I, I I wouldn't have tested them if I didn't think they were ready. Right? Mm. But they've been, mm. uh, they've been training since September. Uh, so they had five, six months under their belt, so to speak. And they were doing really well. They were showing they understood the drills and they could show during live training, they could make some things happen too. So, right, here's a date. You guys are going to test. Uh, whereas some other students are have been training just as long, but they're not ready yet. They're, they're mm. not going to test for a little while yet. Uh, so, you know, they're going to pass, like you said, Les. Uh, but but um, I, I like the idea of having a day where they there's a, there's a bit of anxiety. Um, and, and they know that they have performed. They don't know that I'm going to pass them anyway. Mm. They're not watching this. <laughs> now no, they, 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 no, they know. Unless <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so they really screw up, right? Um, but uh, you know they they have to perform. They, you got to remember your kata. You got to hit the pads hard. You, you're going to fight with each other. You got to make mm-hmm. things happen. And I, I think uh, for most people, like unless you deal with a lot of people with with some some uh, disabilities, and maybe not appropriate for them. But mm-hmm. for for a lot of people, having having a day that's kind of coming up in your calendar where you know I got this thing going on. It's going to be tough. I'm going to be exhausted and. And uh, last guy that tested, he threw up. Um, I think a little bit of stress is okay. So I'm a high school teacher by trade, right? And there is an incredible lack of resiliency among young people now. It's uh, it's it's disheartening that they they don't know how to handle adversity. Mm. And either it's 
not just parenting, it's society, it's a school system. They're just, they're not required to figure things out on their own. So in some tiny kind of way, I'm going to give them an opportunity to, to rise. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think I'll, I'll just wait for, hey, uh, I'm, I'm glad you came back. you just in time. I'm about to raise a point that you might be interested in. Um, Sorry, I've got, I've got a cat and the children are sleeping and he just screams. So I'm a slave, <laughs> okay. slave to my cat. I'm on the lower end of the home ladder, food chain. I do what yeah, he yeah, tells you... me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the same boat as you there, buddy. Um, so uh, we're talking about how uh, kids, kind of, uh, especially teenagers, um, need sometimes have a little bit of anxiety, a little bit of stress because they grow up not to be able to, if, if they're not given it in the early ages in like managed doses, then they grow up to not be as resilient or emotionally tough um this this not the not the direction i was expecting this conversation to take but um i was uh speaking with one of my friends who's a mental health professional um mm -hmm. one of the things that he, he said is quite like a profound statement that um a lot of mental health issues anxieties and stuff like that today in individuals this is not saying on the whole that none of, none of that i know a lot of people don't really believe in mental health but in in some cases um it's not a mental health issue it's just not being prepared for like day-to-day -day adult life and and the stresses of adult life and i think that's that's our responsibility is to help you know it's it's our place to put controlled pressure on people if mm -hmm. that makes sense yeah yeah um yeah. i totally totally agree and uh i don't teach children but if i teach children they definitely will have uh, examinations yeah uh, i think the whole policy of everybody's a winner is gonna backfire uh, mm -hmm. You know, you need to it have people. Yeah, you need to have people losing. So you just have to um, explain to them: is not losing, is learning. Mm -hmm. So I'll do that to my son. You know, he's, he's at the stage now when his sister is two years old younger, but he needs to go everywhere first. He needs to be first. He needs to win. Yeah, yeah. He needs to do stuff. So you know, you need to give him that stuff. No, you actually don't have to be first. It's okay to be second. Okay to be third. If you gave your best. You've got room for improvement. You need to understand that is a lesson. And I think yeah. that the karate is great for that. Um, you know, although I'm not doing the uh, formal examinations, I I teach the control failure. I think that's the benefit of of karate. The control failure. People get stressed when something's not happening, and you mm -hmm. just have to explain. You know, it's not going to happen over one day. You come for a training, and you're going to have a beautiful kicks to the head. Look at me, 25 years, and still can kick to the head mm. um but you know you overcome it you learn it the situation is stressful it is you know huge stress for people uh coming to the dojo and start training you know especially if you like my dojo uh is all adults and on one stage it was 90 percent of uh, blokes so for women coming into an environment like that it's stressful now it's 50 50 mm. so it's kind of more friendly but then you know you, you come in and you're looking at my face and you're thinking wow he's already angry <laughs> <laughs> and it's stressful so you know uh yeah i agree that we need to have to have a stress stressful moments and and it's beneficial for mental health but it needs to be explained to people as well you know yeah you, you do a guy imagine that you do grading to children and they get stressed and stuff like that but you're making it fun and after finish so they don't associate that stress with something negative but with something mm. positive and I think that was lacking in, in education now. Everybody wants to have children. or Don't do that because you're going to get hurt. Or don't do that because it's going to be, you know, you're going to get upset. Or, you know, don't cry. Don't do this. We need to allow them to do things 
but you know, I don't teach children, so it's difficult for me to speak. No, I, I mean, I, I like. I'm glad that you brought up that controlled failure thing because when I was reading the uh, uh, the intro to your karate journal, uh, like I'll I'll give you the shameless plug right there. The, the karate journal that I was reading <laughs> and, it, and it mentioned it, that controlled failure, and I really like that sort of turn of phrase for it. It's like, yeah, we do fail. Everybody fails. If if we don't fail, we don't grow. Simply. Um, I think it's in Batman Begins. Um, uh, um, what's his face? Alfred says to says to young Bruce, "Why do we fall?" And so we can learn to pick ourselves back up again, right? So um, I, let's let's like go way back to where we were before we started talking <laughs> about this and uh, go to Andy's uh, uh, syllabus. Mm. Different than lasses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That- <laughs> um, and and uh, so m- mine is very organized and it's it's not 70 pages less but it's damn close to it Uh, (laughs) i i i need things organized on paper or electronically or something to keep myself organized um it's to to have requirements listed for eighth q test for seventh q test uh it helps keep me focused in my teaching not getting too far off track where I think, you know, yellow belt should be learning and so on. Um, it just, I, I, I like the structure of that. And also, uh, I think some students at least like the idea, I want to know what I need to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and as a classroom teacher, it's the same way. You have a test on Friday, well, what's it on? I, I give an itemized list. You need mm-hmm. to know this biochemical process, these vocabulary items you need to understand how these two processes are related. Da, 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 da. And it gives them uh, guidance in terms of how they're going to direct their own studying. Um, now, by admission, uh, I don't think I'm teaching my students to run before they can walk, but uh, I, I need to start doing some calling of my own syllabus. <laughs> so when I first wrote, wrote it, it, it's really difficult to sit down the first time doing this and, and write organized things on paper without ever having to do it. In the back of my mind, I'm thinking, well, I have to actually implement the syllabus. I don't want to throw something down just to kind of fill this blank. I need, I need to make sure it's something I want to do, something that I value doing. But what, and, and, and the things that I have in there, there's a few things I'm, I'm taking out. But for the most part, I like everything I have in there, but it's just too much. And um, so I need to take out some things that are just kind of fillers and mm-hmm. keep it more nuts and bolts. Um, but yeah, so, so I have a, a WhatsApp group chat for my club and, and in there, through there, the students have access to the curriculum document. I just have a PDF and boom, there it is. Scroll down the green screen and that's what you're going to be testing it on for your green belt. So, and, and within the document, they'll say, uh, there's a bunkai drill for hand sundown, guillotine, choke escape. Click on the link, YouTube video. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's a pad drills, yes, no. Click on the link. There's your pad drills for your yellow belt test. They're all right there in a video. Uh, I don't know how many kids look at them because I, I say kids because most of my students are, are, are uh, 15, 16 years old. But it's all there for them if they want to kind of keep on it. So it's, I like organizing. It's, it's one, one of the things that you said about um, kind of culling the syllabus when, uh, right, I, I, I went independent uh, from my previous club in December of 2020. So I didn't have a whole lot of time before the whole world locked down to, to mix the people. Yeah. But I did, I, I was lucky enough to um, 
have a training session with Peter Constantine before I joined the BCA. Um, and one of the things he was explaining when it comes to writing a syllabus is you want to have like two boxes, which is one is the grading box, which is what you want to see for the grading. And the others, which is like the martial arts box, which will teach this stuff when I want to see it. But this is all I want to see on grading day, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. 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 But um, I mean, I, 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 uh, I, I've seen uh, criticisms of your uh, yellow belt grading being two hours, Andy, but I, I kind of like it. It's tough, it, it toughens, it toughens them up, right? Yeah. And you know what? It, it's, uh, I've done those boys were, 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 were doing pretty well. So I did some extra stuff that I wouldn't have most white belts be doing. Mm-hmm. For example, in my syllabus, the Jui Kumite, the, the sparring they do, the karate sparring, is supposed to be just straight punches. But if you watch the video, they're doing straight punches. They're allowed some hooks. They're allowed some leg kicks and body kicks. No kicks to the head. I said, you guys okay with that? Yep, because we do them all the time in the dojo anyway. Let's go do it. Um, and I think uh, the 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 matches of uh, the Nawaza, instead of one minute, were two minutes. Mm. So I, I knew I, I, I knew I could get away with it with them, whereas some other kids might gas out might get overwhelmed but i figure if i can get another 45 minutes out of them i'll, I'll do it and also I had three boys so there's some times where we didn't have a partner so there's two guys going and another person subs in so it mm-hmm. took a bit of time so there was a lot of rest built into that two hours which normally there wouldn't be i could get to the test normally in an hour and a half which yeah, i think yeah. is it's still a hell of a lot longer than a 3k test right oh yeah 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 i mean yeah <laughs> So I didn't understand what what the I, issue was because if you look on the Kyokushin one, they are like eight hours long. Yeah, yeah. Even for lower belts. Yeah, yeah. We have to go through all the all the you know you're sitting there and doing nothing. You know oh, you yeah. do your job, you're oh. staying, but you know then you go into the fighting. It depends on the dojo, and you you eight hours. Mm. Jeez. Um, but a lot yeah. of waiting for your turn though. Yeah. 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 yeah so I only, I only had three kids. But still, it's, it's three hours, not a lot of sitting around. Um, yeah. But this guy, I forget what form this was. Uh, okay, I won't say just out of respect what form it was, but it's it's one of those Facebook groups uh, that the demographic are very traditional Shotokan people. You can DM us up there. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and I know where they're coming from because a lot of these people. Um, their yellow belt test is 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. You're going to do a couple minutes of Kion. You're going to do your Kata, your three-step sparring. Mm-hmm. Done, here's your yellow belt. And mm-hmm. I mean, that's what I used to teach alongside the practical stuff. But that's what I used to use for grading purposes until I left. Uh, so by that, st- if, if that's what you consider acceptable for a yellow belt test, then yeah, I understand why you would think my test is too long. But mm-hmm. At the end of the day, I don't give a rat's ass what they think uh, because they're not there in my dojo. They don't see what I'm teaching. They don't, they don't see the students progress. They don't understand that I'm not going to let someone test until they're ready, whether it's five months or 10 months. And mm-hmm. I try to tell the students just, you know, forget about the belt color around your waist. If it's yellow, if it's green, whatever, be an awesome yellow belt. Don't be a mediocre green belt. Mm. It's it's the old um, Hoist uh, Gracie quote, isn't it? Uh, 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 black belt only covers two inches of your ass and you have to cover the rest. Yeah. So yeah. not to get too obsessed about the rank and the belt colour. Um, cool. cool. So um, I think it's it's a good time to wrap it up on that. So why don't we take a second to uh, you guys plug your sort of social medias, your uh, 
your groups, your so where can they find you online and, and um, what other stuff can you? So this, this is a this is a chance for you to talk about your books and stuff as well, I guess. Oh, okay, so uh, <clears throat> mainly everything can be found under my name, so Les Bubka or Les Bubka Karate Jutsu. Uh, Karate for Mental Health Group on the Facebook. If anybody wants to join in, uh, if you would like to join in, please do me a favor and read and reply to the questions, because it drives me nuts that daily I have to cancel about twenty um, requests, which people says, "Are you going to reply to the apply to the rules?" And there's no answer, so it's immediately gone. People just can't can't read. Um, so I, I see what you do. You you um, instead of kicking them out of the group, you just don't let them in in the first place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I only want people who understand what they're reading. Um, yeah, yeah. It says my uh, admin skills for uh, people who are actually misbehaving. Uh, but all the books can be found on the Amazon uh, YouTube channel. Now change the name to This uh, Bubka Karate Jutsu. Uh, if you want to listen to my annoying voice and uh, Paul's English skills, you are most welcome. Good. Uh, Andy? Uh, okay, you can join my Facebook group, Applied Shotokan by Andy Allen. Um, I think we just hit 5,000 members. It's not like the karate geek out there, but uh, we're, we're growing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find me on Instagram, Applied Shotokan. And on YouTube, sorry, uh, I have a, a blog, which I've very much neglected for the past year, but I hope to start writing again soon. It is appliedshotokan.com. So the stuff I'm writing about, um, they, they, it could be kind of ideas like the, the brain scars you referenced less. Uh, also, I, I often write about critiques about, I rock the boat a little bit. So if you're interested in that kind of thing, check it out, appliedshotokan.com. Good. It's, it's really important to rock the boat from time to time because that's how people get their sea legs, <laughs> which is yeah. what I posted in my group. And, uh, um, who was it? Uh, uh, Bob Davis, Robert Davis, the bunkai bastard started giving me shit straight immediately wandering in the group. They, they, they were kicking <laughs> off. But hey, there we go. Um, Jeff, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, I've, I've, I've really enjoyed the conversation. We've covered some, some good ground, a lot of stuff that I didn't expect we'd get into. But um, yeah, as soon as I've got it up, I'll, I'll get it edited and, and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, thanks a lot, and I'll cool. catch up with you on Facebook and all that soon. Pleasure. Thanks, guys. Take care. So thanks for checking in again this week, guys. I hope you took some ideas away from that. If you enjoyed it, please be sure to like and subscribe down below. Uh, and if you have anything to say, be it positive or negative, I always enjoy hearing other people's opinions and engaging either way. Don't forget that you can pick up some sick martial arts casual wear over at artmarshallclothing.com. And if you use the code SPIRIT at checkout, you can get 20% off your order. That's excluding outlet items, but that also helps you support the uh, Warrior Spirit Clan by doing so. Thanks again, guys. I'll catch you soon.